Hey there, welcome back to the Up My Hockey podcast for another segment in the bonus session. So as we look back on the first 100 episodes, the century mark, uh, I said that I was going to be releasing an extra podcast a week as I reflect on each section of 10 as we work our way back up from 1 to 100 and uh, give you you know, my reflections and my highlights from, from the first 100. And so this is, this is my review of episodes 11 through 20. And uh, we already covered 1 through 10 in the first section. And this is episodes 11 through 20. And, uh, and boy, it's, it's crazy for me to actually go back and look at the database. And, and as I'm looking here at, at the episode charts, you know, episode 11 was released March 24th, 2020. Uh, and then episode 20 was released June 7th, 2020. So I uh, had some pretty good consistency going on there. Uh, was definitely kind of getting excited about uh, about the podcast and was was enjoying what was going on and, and had like a star-studded uh, lineup here in this segment of the of the podcast. And, and starting with episode 11, which was Dave Oliver. And uh, Dave Oliver was the assistant coach of the New York Rangers at the time. And uh, it was just, you know, first of all, that was, I believe, my first NHL coach at the time. Dave was somebody that had roots here in Vernon. He played for the Vernon uh, Lakers at the time is what Dave played for them. And now they're called the Vernon Vipers of the BCHL. And uh, I think he's five years my senior. And so he played for them while I was in Pee Wee. He tells stories of me uh, playing in the Pee Wee Carnival Tournament. And, uh, you know, we ended up going to the same golf courses as we got older and, and uh, the same golf tournaments and saw each other in the summer and, and trained together and, and so on and so forth. And now he, we both have kids that are essentially the same age. Like his oldest uh, son is named Caden and, and is a 2008 born. And my oldest is Hudson, who's a 2009. And they play on the same team currently uh, at the AA level here in uh, in the North Okanagan. And then his younger son, who is a 2010, plays with my 2010 and also plays with my 2012 born. So anyway, so we have connections now here locally through hockey and stuff. So Dave was an easy guy to to pick up the phone and and say, hey, you know, would you would you be interested in coming on the podcast and being my eleventh guest? And and uh, so Dave stepped into it. He was fantastic, and uh, and his story, you know, his own story is really is really compelling because he was an NHLer himself. He he went through uh, the BCJHL. He went to the to uh, Michigan and. Uh, and then ended up being a pro uh, with the Oilers, played with Gretzky with the Rangers, and uh, was in Dallas for a period of time as well. And uh, and so his his own personal story is, is fantastic and, and one worth listening to. But he also has a perspective as a, as a parent, as a hockey parent now, uh, and on his own boys' journey. And he also has a perspective of being an assistant coach in the NHL, coaching the best players in the world uh, under David Quinn at the time. So that was a really great episode. Um and I'm sure you guys would love it. I'm not going to put it in my top uh, couple. Just I don't know because I know I know Ollie, right? And and uh, and Ollie's somebody that I can go have a beer with. So for for me to to know to get to know him on that level and go through a story was super awesome. But it wasn't um, I don't know what to, well, how to say it, right? It, it was familiar. It, it, it was it was super super gracious of him to do it. But Dave was somebody that I knew and and I and I knew quite a bit about. So uh, definitely want to go revisit. Um, 
but we'll move on to episode 12. And episode 12 was David Michaud. He was the president of the BCHL Port Alberni Bulldogs. Dave and I uh, had some history uh, from through the league before, back when I was playing, and uh, and he came on. And I thought it would be a great guest from from his perspective, how, how a team operates at that level. Uh, again, for those of you in, in the United States, the BCHL is one of the biggest feeder systems to D1 uh, university hockey. A, a very large percentage of the, of the league uh, gets D1 commitments. And uh, and he's so he's in the back office trying to you know he's hiring coaches he's uh, he's involved in the day to day management and running of the team and and uh, where we get the players from and their budgets and all that stuff so he was a really interesting uh, interview if you are interested in the BCHL interested in junior A hockey and what that looks like uh, episode thirteen was Wade Redden uh, Wade Redden uh, was a teammate of mine for the World Junior Team. And that was Wade's second uh, kick at the cat. He he was part of the 1995 team. I believe that was a lockout year, 1995, and it had a just an illustrious group there that that played that year, and it was one of the best teams uh, put together. And then he came back my year, uh, and we played in 1996 and won gold again. So we had that familiarity. Uh, we also had the familiarity of playing against each other in the WHL and in a WHL final, as a matter of fact. Uh, so I had, I, he lives down the road too in Kelowna now. So I was able to reach out to Wade. He came on and his story is, is quite, uh, meanwhile, it's, it's, he was second overall pick. Uh, he went to Ottawa. He, you know, was one of the best of his time. You know, he was playing on an Olympic team. He was, he was a part of world championship teams. He went to a w, uh, an NHL final. He was an all-star, you know, like you kind of name it and he was doing it. And then he signed a really big ticket with New York and ended up getting sent down to the minors, like with a, whatever it was, like a $5 million contract or something at the time uh, per year. And he's very willing to talk about that. So like, you know, the, the, the young shiny penny to you know to an, an, an acclaimed and celebrated nhl pro to um being a big free agent signing and like and being relegated to the to the minors like to talk about that in that full circle and that arc uh he was he was awesome and wade's just such a great down-to-earth guy like that was a really really great interview and um and yeah, one that he was really honest about. You know, I mean, it wasn't uh, wasn't all just sunshine, sunshine and roses for him. So I really did enjoy that interview. and was awesome to have him on. Ryan Ginter was guest number 14. He's a WHL scout. He's also an author. Um, he he, he uh, published a book on intangibles of scouting, uh, things that I'm very, very passionate about without my hockey. You know, what what makes the hockey player the hockey player that he is? You know, things like compete level and things like his resilience and things like his uh work ethic and and uh you know competitive nature and the character of the hockey player away from the rink and so he actually wrote wrote a book on player intangibles and how that gets incorporated into scouting and, and how it is such a a major contributor to the development of the athlete and and you know i mean if you've listened to me at all here on up my hockey i am 100 percent all in on the holistic development of the human to make a better hockey player to make a better athlete and uh and i think if you're forgetting the personal development of the hockey player you are forgetting a huge part of the picture and uh and so ryan brings that kind of full circle with talking about it now how do you scout for this whole person and and not just uh maybe what you see on the ice or how do you break down what you're seeing on the ice to tell you a little bit more about the person so really really interesting interview um ryan's a fantastic guy and i really enjoy any conversation i have with
with Ryan, and I really enjoyed that one. So if you're interested in scouting, if you're interested in uh, in things like mindset and the things that I've already mentioned uh, from a you know from a professional uh, viewing side and how it's becoming more like of a science incorporated into the into scouting, then that would be uh, that would be a great episode for you. Um, here is one of the ones that I'm going to highlight as kind of a must listen, at least for me, and that's episode 15, and that's Scott Nickel. Scott Nickel, who is currently the Nashville Predators Director of Player Development. He's also the assistant GM, I believe, to David Poyle. I think he's also the GM of their uh, minor league team. So wears a lot of hats there, very, uh, very leaned on person, very well respected within the Nashville Predators uh, organization. And he was also a teammate of mine back with the Detroit Vipers. Now, the, the irony here is, is that when we were there together, that was 100%, without a doubt, the worst team that I ever played on and for. Uh, we, we were just garbage. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning's farm team at the time. It was in the IHL. We were playing uh, for the Detroit Vipers in the Palace, so like where the Detroit Pistons used to play. And... Um, just I don't know. Tampa was going through it at the time. Like they were in their like dog days. They they had they had all these young players in the IHL. Their vast majority of them were European who never ended up playing, uh, kind of anywhere in any any kind of consequential uh, minutes uh, in in the NHL. And it was just a drag. Like we had two good coaches there in uh, in Mike Shaw, not Mike Shaw. Sorry, Brad Shaw and Bobby J. Like uh, Bradshaw was was great. I mean that was fine, and we had a great captain in Scotty Nickel. Like I mean the the uh, the guest, and uh, but we just weren't any good. It was uh, it was really it was a struggle. That was a struggle for me that year in a lot of ways. Uh, we talk about that a little bit on the episode, but Scott was there, and this is like why it's so compelling for me because Scott was somebody that I played against. In junior, he was a Portland Winterhawk, played in the WHL. Uh, Portland had a really strong teams back then. I believe he was a forty goal scorer uh, back in the day. He was an undersized guy, especially for the nineties. He was, you know, five nine, maybe, maybe, right? Like probably five eight, really, but super scrappy and super competitive, and uh, and a good, like a really good junior. And then he got to the AHL level. Now, he was like the third last pick, I think, in the draft his year. And uh, he ended up out in, in Rochester and played in the AHL and was a, you know, kind of struggled to be an AHL regular and then became an AHL regular and, uh, you know, got a cup of coffee with, with the Buffalo Sabres, which he talks about. But long and short of it is, he was like a seven year AHLer, like 26 years old or whatever he was uh, when I played with him captain like if you would ever to think there's going to be a career minor leaguer and nothing wrong with being a career minor leaguer no disrespect involved but you would have thought or I thought even at the time Scott Nickel I mean loved him to death but I'm like I did not expect him to go and play 700 NHL games and that is exactly what he did so he went from one of the worst teams in professional hockey that year um, to sign as a free agent with Calgary and he makes the Calgary Flames out of camp. Like it, it's, and he talks about that transition. He talks about like what he did that summer and how he changed his mindset and how he changed his approach and his all-in attitude and and kind of his not give a shit about anything. And like he's this is this is his time. He knew that that was his kind of last hurrah to potentially be an NHL player, and uh, and he did it. 
And he did it. Like at that point, an undersized guy, small guy, wasn't an offensive uh, threat per se at the IHL level. Like he, he was a role player that filled a role, and then he ended up playing 700 NHL games. And uh, yeah, like just the ultimate warrior, like the ultimate underdog. And and it was it, I just really really I think that story needs to be heard like especially players need to hear you know like what what he did that summer and how he stayed relevant in that league like how he continued to understand that his value as a teammate was just as valuable as what he was doing on the ice in the in the faceoff role that he was given in the penalty kill role that he was given one of the most important jobs he had was to help the young fourth line center coming up he was he was supposed to help that player he was supposed to mold that player into an nhl and once he did he was essentially molding that player mentoring that player to take his job and that is what he would do and then he would go to another team and he would do the same thing and he was 100 percent okay with it and uh, and it kept him relevant and it kept him around i think he played till he was 35 36 years old or something in the nhl level so super great story and then even to know know, know uh to hear him talk about how he structures teams now and i mean how he values the the locker room and one of his most famous lines in that interview and you have to listen to the whole thing is he says you can't have 20 milk drinkers on a hockey team now I think that's hilarious because, like, I know Scott. Like, I mean, we we all enjoyed our old beer now and again, but he's not saying that you want a bunch of <laughs> beer drinkers. But he was referring to as personality types, right? Like, yes, you want those those milk drinkers, you know, the hardcore professionals that are going to go to bat, that are straight laced. But you need somebody in the room that's going to provide some color, right? You need some guys that are going to supply some laughs. They're going to be a little goofy. They're going to live a little bit on the edge. They're going to play a little bit on the edge. And uh, and he looks. He wants to look for those people, and he wants to cultivate those people. And so from that story, like, what does that mean to me and what I do now as a coach? Well, when I'm talking to players, I'm teaching them about being their authentic selves, that you can't put yourself into a box that you think you're supposed to fit in. Those who know, those like Scott Nickel, they want you to be you. They want you to bring you to the table. So if you're in the locker room and you're not saying anything and you're quiet in the corner, but all you want to be doing is talking to the guy next to you or asking questions or maybe be being the guy bobbing his head to the music, then that is what you should do because your team needs you to be that. Um, so anyways, great conversation there and one that I definitely highlight. So grab, grab, uh, grab episode 15, Scotty Nickel. Uh, moving on to episode 16, Joe Oliver. That is Dave Oliver's uh, older brother, who is a highly respected name in the agent world. He works for KO Sports. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's a national company pretty much. And, and Joe represents people here, mostly in Western, Western Canada, Western U.S. And uh, for those of you who are interested in what an agent does at the, uh, you know, at the amateur level, when do you get an agent at the amateur level? What are agents supposed to do for you? How are they supposed to help? How do you cultivate that relationship? How do you pick one? That's a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed the conversation with Joe and, and, um, and quite specific based right to where we talked about, you know, the, the, the needs of the player and also we talk about the leagues and where they're looking for players and all that type of stuff so if you are in western canada that was fairly western canadian specific um but it was also really good in the general idea of of what agents do and what they provide and, and how to go about finding one uh i'm not i can't believe i'm not going to put mr ken holland in my in my like top list but like i'm only going to pick two here and i had an opportunity to interview the gm of the edmonton oilers 
Ken Holland, like a whatever he is, four-time Stanley Cup champion, been a GM in the league forever, and he was a fantastic interview, and he always is. Like he is so down to earth, he's so approachable, uh, he is so easy to talk to. Uh, it felt like we were just sitting across the dinner table from each other, and that interview is totally worth listening to. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it really is. I, I mean, and I was blessed to have him on. Uh, but it was still, he was a GM and he was giving me, you know, GM answers. He was being, he was being transparent and he, and he was being authentic, but he can't really give me like super inside baseball, you know, like he can't really break down, uh, you know, individual players or strengths and weaknesses. And he can't really break down even his own low points and stuff. He's just sort of in a position where he can't really do that. So like what I think makes up my hockey podcast great is the players that will go there, you know, the, the, the guests that will get into the super nitty gritty. Um, so that's you know, probably the only reason why I don't put uh, Mr. Hall in there uh, in, in my top crew, but, uh, he talks about how to run a team really. Like what's he looking for? When do they bring guys up? How do they bring guys up? You know, how do they build culture in the room? What, what, what he's, what's he looking for in that aspect? So a lot of really awesome elements. If, uh, if you are somebody that's, that's interested in those types of things. Uh, number 18 was Ryan Strom. That was on the, uh, a gift from Dave Oliver. So Dave was with the Rangers at the time. Ryan Strom has since moved on from the Rangers, but, uh, Dave teed that one up for me. He's like, I think Stromer would be a great interview for you so uh, that was really cool in the sense that well one he was a great interview and he was a current NHLer and a current NHL star and that is a little bit harder for me to get to I mean it's hard for me to get current NHL guys because I don't have a direct line to them a lot of the guys that I know or played with now have aged out obviously of the of the game but are involved in other capacities. So for me to get current players is a little bit tricky. So for Dave to uh, to suggest him and for and for Ryan to come on the program with me, someone that he's never met before, uh, someone that he had no trust built up with, uh, and to hang out with me for whatever, however long it was. Let me check here. I'm just going to move my screen for ryan strom an hour and 25 minutes that a podcast was so like what you know what a gentleman he was to come on and, and that was really really great so if you are a ryan strom fan um definitely tune into that one because i think it's one of the best interviews he's done from my from what i've heard from people telling me as far as like the in-depthness of it the uh how raw he was how real it was uh, i would totally suggest picking up ryan's interview there episode 18 and then the last two are like massive favorites of mine. Number 19 is Jared Bender, current head coach of the of the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And it was the first time he was on. And uh, gosh, I mean, that was my first head coach, NHL head coach. And, and Jared and I played in Spokane together. So that's how I had my connection to Jared. I, I had his, uh, you know, his cell number, was able to text him. He, he said that he would have no problem coming on. He'd love to do it. And, uh, and how cool is that, right, for somebody who is now a Stanley Cup champion at the time he wasn't, uh, but still was coaching a very, very, very solid team. Uh, it, was, it was super cool to get him on it. And in that episode, if you're interested about, like, Jared Bednar's story, like not talking necessarily about the Colorado Avalanche, uh, but Jared Bednar's story is worth uh, knowing, like, what he did as a player, how he got, how he worked his way through uh, his playing career, how he got involved in coaching, um, and his history there, and where he won, and and why he thinks he won, and w making that next step to the next level, and because he won at the ECHL level, he won at the AHL level, and now he has won at the uh, at the NHL level. He's won championship trophies in all three leagues, and um, 
and kind of didn't really take his time getting there, but I mean, he went through the process. Uh, he also worked with another guest uh, that I already talked about in the first block with, uh, with Brad Larson. So he was an assistant coach to Brad Larson early on in his career in Springfield. And, um, and it's an awesome, it's an awesome episode, and it really breaks down, gets into Jared Bednar's really his uh, his biography uh, as a player and as a coach. An awesome interview, but I'm still not going to. The top two though is like the is is Scott Nickel for me, and the next one is Brian McCabe. So Brian McCabe is 1100 NHLer, game NHLer. He he just kind of was, he was one of the guys. I mean, he was one of the best defensemen in the NHL, like with names like Nick Lidstrom, like those, that was the group that he was in for probably a four or five year stretch, like producing big points, big minutes, you know, on the PK, uh, wearing a letter. He, he was the captain of the Islanders. He was in Van for a while. He went to Toronto. He was ended in, in Florida. He was playing on Olympic teams. He, you know he was he was an all star. Like he he did everything a defenseman could do, except for maybe win a Norris Trophy, and he was nominated a few times for that as well. And we played together in Spokane, so I knew him from Spokane. But Brian's story, especially when you talk about his time in Toronto, where he went from like Toronto's favorite to getting booed every time he touched the puck. And this was happening while his wife was going through hell in the hospital for a portion of it because of uh, a birth that happened, which, uh, which he covers, right? Which Brian talks about being a human being in an NHL environment when it's hell for you and your family on a personal level. And yet you got to go out there and play. And then when you go out there and play, you're getting booed and heckled and people are approaching you in restaurants and being completely unfair uh, in a lot of levels about like what they were seeing on the ice. And anyways, like it, Brian gets to a point where there's tears in his eyes talking about that moment in time, you know, with what was going on from an emotional level for him with his family, what was happening for him on the ice, uh, the reception from the fans, and just what was happening with that team, like he gets really, really raw and he gets really, really honest. And uh, and that's just the way Kaber is. Like I just saw Kaber again at that uh, NHL alumni, um, Islanders alumni, pardon me, uh, a couple weekends ago. And we hadn't really run into each other in a while. He's now director of player development for for the uh, Florida Panthers. Or maybe he's not director now. I think I forget what his name is, but highly involved with player development for the Panthers. Um, we've had a few conversations ab about that and we do cover that in this episode as well. So like th there's a, another great proponent of uh, or component, sorry, of, of his interview is not only his own personal story as an, you know, an NHL kind of icon through his time, uh, in the league and also being a captain, like tw two time captain, once in Florida and once in with the Islanders where it wore a letter and an assistant with, with Toronto. He's like recognized as one of those, like a, a leader, you know, a leader of men, uh, he also now trains young prospects and develops young prospects to be NHLers. So like we have two sides to, to that conversation, but just his rawness and his uniqueness and, and, and circling back to the, the Islanders weekend, he's the exact same guy. You know, he's the exact same guy that I played uh, junior with back in Spokane when he was 18, 19 years old. You know, he's just, 
He's just one of the guys, super approachable, wants to tell a joke, wants to give a jab, wants to laugh, um, you know, doesn't think he's better than anybody else. We'll sit at a table with you and and uh, and just have a good time. And that that's totally how Brian comes across in, in that interview on June 7th, 2020. So what a fantastic run. Super blessed there in, in those 10 episodes to have on the the, the type of people like Jared Bednar, a Stanley Cup champion, Ken Holland, GM of multiple Stanley Cup champions, Brian McCabe, NHL All-Star in 1,100 games, Wade Redden as well, NHL All-Star and Olympian and uh, over 1,000 games, and goodness gracious, another assistant coach and Dave Oliver at the NHL. So f- fantastic guests. And, and again, like one of the best things about Up My Hockey is like this podcast is, is timeless. I mean, I, these interviews are not of the moment so we're not talking about a play last night in the nhl and breaking that down and and what the uh you know what the ottawa uh senators power play looks like tonight you know we're talking about real life real people real stories uh they're essentially biographies a lot of these and and uh and philosophies and and you know sometimes strategies and and ideas so uh, when it comes to going back and re-listening you know you totally can in this scenario and i apologize again like obviously the podcast and the technology has developed over over the years and even you know my ability to conduct it conduct an interview i'm sure so sometimes the the audio is out and you know there is some maybe some frustrations going back and listening to some of them but you know it is what it is and uh, and i guess that's the part we're celebrating is just that uh, it is a work in progress as we all are this podcast is a work in progress i am my players are uh, the teams i work with are and uh, and the best part is is that hopefully we're just stepping forward and getting better and, and hopefully that is what we're doing here with with this podcast so this is that wraps it up for bonus section number two episodes 11 through 20 i hope you enjoyed my walk back through uh through memory lane and if there is any there that you haven't listened to uh that kind of you know piqued your interest uh by all means please download them take a listen and uh and let me know what you think and if you think that I screwed up and there should be one that is in the top two there that I that I didn't include, then by all means, let me know. I love a good debate. Uh, all right, that wraps it up. We'll have another one out next Friday as far as we'll visit revisit episodes 21 through 30. And until next time, play hard and keep your head up.